danger here. Save! The goalkeeper's luck was in. Got to that well. Keeping hold of the ball here. All right, all right, we are back, baby. This is the Canning Column Podcast, episode number four. You know who we got on the line, Gooner in San Diego, Kyle Jenkins. What up, man? What up, what up? How are we feeling? We're feeling great, man. We I have like a little step to my voice, you know? It's a good yeah. day. It's a good day. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good, man. The The game today was exceptional. The football out there is, everything's starting to purr. Um, I feel like the levels are starting to increase all across the pitch. And it's just a really exciting time. I haven't been this excited in five, six years. So yeah, definitely, definitely excited to, to chat a little bit about kind of where we are. Cause we, we haven't, we haven't chatted in a bit. So how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I th- when you said that comment about five, six years, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, it's been, the excitement just hasn't been there for obvious reasons. Um, and now from what I saw today was, you know, everyone was talking about it, uh, you know, reminded us of those Wenger teams. The passing was so crisp. For once, we didn't have errors. I mean, we look like City in terms of the passing quality. Like every touch was perfect um and there's always an outlet to go forward which is not easy for us to say it's always been we have the possession but the outlets are always backwards and we would take advantage of that but not only are we taking advantage of those um forward outlets but like even if we're challenged to go forward we're willing to take those risks now so uh it's good stuff man i'm feeling great i mean um i'm excited to dive into this game um there's so many positives to to look at but before we get into it i've had to just summarize it it's just it seems like all the work that arteta has done all the hardships you kind of gone through with him those trials and tribulations with him um it seems like it's paying off now and um it seems like we're finally at a place where we can legitimately and logically expect champions league football next year I completely agree. I think anything less than Champions League would be, I don't want to say it's a failure um, because we are the youngest team in the league, right? And, you know, that with that, you know, there are going to be some inconsistencies. I, I do expect that in, you know, the <clears throat> the run coming home. Um, but just the levels that I'm seeing, I, I don't, bar Tottenham, maybe, I, I just don't think there's another team that, is, is better than us and that can challenge us for top four. So I think we should get into uh, the game today against Watford and kind of what we saw. Um, I'm going to kick it over to you to kind of summarize the game and then we'll chat a little bit about it. Yeah, definitely. So let's take a look at the game. Pull it up right here. All right, 3-2. They had a late goal, so basically 3-1, it seemed like for the most part. Uh, shots on goal, uh, four. We only had four. They had seven. Uh, we had 16 shots in total. They had 13, 63% uh, possession. They had 37. The box score, when you look at it, it seems tighter than I think it was, honestly. Um, corners, 5-1, to one, we're up. We fouled a lot more. Um, had required more saves, too. Um, and I think the box score is actually, if you did not watch the game, it is not telling of how we were just another level above Watford today. And... Um, 
I think it, it, the box score shows that Watford is fighting for their lives. And I think at this stage of the season, you're going to see a lot of these performances. These guys are putting their bodies on the line and um, you respect it. And that's why it's the best league in the world. Um, I think what stood out to me, and I already mentioned this, was the crisp in the passing. And then when you have your touches not be off by even an inch, um, it is really, really, really hard uh, to get the ball and to regain possession and to stop a team from progressing forward. Um, t- Partey's touches in the midfield, not one wrong turn. Uh, Odegaard and Saka, um, first off, getting it to Saka, we fed him all day, but I think it was a little bit underrated of how we were feeding him. Those balls were perfect, inch perfect. None of them flew over his head. None of them had a bad bounce to him. We put him in that position, and then he just had one of those games. And I think, um, you know, as much as you expect great players to have an off day, they sometimes go a little bit beyond. I'm not saying... Saka is not as good as he performed today, but I, I think he he had a really, really good day. Things were going his way. I saw a couple of tips, hit a shin, hit a toe, and then it landed back on his feet. He had a good day. And Odegaard, man, um, that, that is my key point uh, and key takeaway from today. And he is impressing me more and more. And you hit it on the hit the nail on the head this morning. You say, I can't believe he cost 30 mil. And then you're spot on. It has now surpassed just a good buy and like uh, a good purchase and some guy that's you know in form it's gone beyond that I, I think he is making waves big time in the way he's dictating the entire game he's given off prime ozil vibes and now you think all right this guy got recruited by Real at a young age. This is this guy might be a phenom. And now, like your potential of what you see in Odegaard now, at least for me, has I don't know ten times um, what it was. And and that was my biggest takeaway. And it's just nice seeing our shots go in. To be honest, man, like fuck's sake, we had so many shots go in the 90th row, and it was just nice seeing them go in the back of the net, high in the roof of the net. Some of them. And yeah, man, that's that's how I would phrase up today, but. What do you think? You touched on almost everything I wanted to touch on. Um, my standout performer for this game, for the last couple of games, has been Odegaard. You touched on it. We got him for $30 million. I mean, that has to be the signing of the summer. Like the, In this market, when you have Grealish, obviously very different positions, you have Grealish going to City for $100 million, and you can bring in a a uh, difference maker for $30 million. Somebody who is making the offense just absolutely hum. The interplay between him and Sokka today was beautiful. Like you said, unstoppable, unstoppable prime Ozo vibes. And I saw a really interesting stat. Um, uh, I think it was Odegaard to Sokka was the top, uh, you know, person-to-person passing of the game and then vice versa was the second highest pass uh player-to-player passing of the game so there's clearly uh trust there right um like you said he's feeding soccer the whole team is feeding him because he is our best attacking player he is a top three winger in uh world football now not just the premier league i'll i'll say in in world football and i think a lot arteta touched on this a lot of it can be attributed to not only how good he is and the talent that he has, but what he went through in the summer to miss the 
Euro winning penalty and then go through everything that he went through and then have basically the rest of the world kind of lift him up and show him how much he matters and, and, you know, lift those spirits. I think that did so much for him. And the sky is just the absolute limit for this kid. I know there has been some talks about a new contract in the summer that'll sort itself out. You know, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get there. I have ultimate trust in Arteta and Saka to kind of get that done. Um, but yeah, everything that I saw going forward today was just so impressive. And I want to give a, a huge shout out to Lacazette. Um, a lot of fans, um, you know, have been very vocal about Aubameyang leaving the club. But if you look at every single stat, you know, pre-ABBA, post-ABBA, all the attacking stats are better. Lacazette is the perfect player to bring everyone in, the the back heels, the little touches. He's just so unselfish. He makes the whole things work. And, and that's why you're seeing everyone around him get involved, get on the stat sheet. And I just think he's the perfect player for the system. And yeah, what did you think about Laka and, and his performance and, and kind of where we're, where we're going the rest of the season? I'm really impressed by Laka's adaptability because he is known to be a, a finisher. Uh, his whole career he was and and very technical finishing and very precise and uh, uh, very just very explicit like finishing skills that he always possesses he wasn't that much of like a crazy passer or distributor um, but I'm so impressed by his adaptability he is adapted to fit the role in this team and it shows the signs of a great leader too to me because he's off on the shooting part but he's not he's making sure that he he makes up for it in his pressing he makes sure he makes up for it in his distribution in his back to the goal and 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 a lot of forwards in this situation really uh get down on themselves because they're known they're only valuable as the goals they score but laka has found a niche he's found it to adapt his skills and and work on some of his weaknesses and his strengths that are not clicking right now it's basically making up for it um so hats off to him i think he has like eight goals or assists in the last nine um a lot of assists sprinkled in there and it's working um do we still need a nine hundred percent uh but I'm, I'm very impressed by him i think this is uh, probably the last season with us, which is understandable, but um, I'll clap him off. And and he is playing his role based on our circumstances really well, sacrificing and not being the goal scorer that he's used to being his whole career. Uh, so hats off to him. Um, I do want to comment on uh, Saka a little bit. Just I've been watching him a lot closer lately, and it's it's absolutely amazing how good a player is without really not having like in terms of uh, foot skill moves it's nothing fancy like a Pepe or um, like a Luis Diaz and other players that the wingers have like ridiculous technical ability where you know you get the step overs and, and the crazy move to get by he doesn't have that but if you really watch him closely it's balance it's I have never two things one I've never seen a player as balanced as him but two i have never seen a a trait of balance and strength be be utilized as a weapon basically as an asset as a winger like i today there was one 
just one incidence where uh, one sequence where he was attacking on the right side. And again, his moves are, I can just explain it, right? It's a maybe a, a fake to the right, go left, or uh, one little ball roll, go right. It's very, very simple. Like it's nothing crazy, right? Where you don't see the ball. But I remember he was going left. The guy knew he was going left. I, w- I knew he was going to cut in and go left. But his balance was so amazing. And this guy even reading it, it didn't throw him off for a second. But I realized like, oh my God, if someone's balanced, you don't even need to do any moves like that. And I never saw it as a weapon, um, as a trait that you can build and it can make up for you not having fancy footwork, you know? And that's what impresses me about him. He's not doing a million step overs and a body jukes and fakes, right? That you're used to seeing elite wingers do. He's just, he'll pick a direction and he'll go, but then you're like, holy shit, he's not losing the ball, even though there's a guy there. His balance is nothing I've ever seen before, number one. But two, it's just like, it's so good that it's, it can legit be used um, as a major, major asset in your attack. Yeah, it just speaks to the directness of his play. Um, you know, he has his mind made up. He's supremely confident at the moment. And, you know, when you're that confident, you don't find anybody that you can't take on. And now that the goals are coming in waves, you could just, you could see it in how he's shooting. And um, it's just, it's so impressive to watch. I can't believe this kid's 20 years old and, and, you know, he's a hail in product and he costs zero. (laughs) He literally costs zero because uh, it, he looks like a hundred million dollar player to me. I don't. I don't know if you agree. Yeah. No, I mean, it, with that age, it's not uh, unreasonable to think that or whatsoever. Um, at my, I, I did want to shout out someone. Uh, I want to shout out Cedric. Actually, I've been pretty tough on this guy, and he's obviously been a backup right back. But man, he he's filled in great, and uh, he's adapted as well. He's 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 improved and he's gotten better. Hats off to him. You know, anyone he's who's raised improved, his level. He's raised his level, which, you know, it's been so impressive. You can tell that with a slim down squad, there's competition, right? And with competition, you have to raise that level. And mm-hmm. I think it's really, really helped to not have 24, 25, you know, players deep of a squad where, you know, that 24th or that 25th player can kind of just hide in the corner and not really do very much. So, Big, big, big shout out to Cedric. He's been he's been great in Tommy's uh, absence. Yeah, and here's a stat for you: uh, him, Cedric, and Tavares, both when they had to fill in those games that they've both been a part of, have contributed to half of our points this season. Um, and, and that's huge because now you look at a team, a championship-looking team, is a team that like when they get have a little bit of trouble, that they're not getting hurt by it. And if we have depth like that where Tierney gets hurt Tommy gets hurt we're not falling off a cliff now you're looking elite and this is something that majority of teams can't do because it's hard you can't have your backup replicate what your starters doing you know and keep that same level and keep that same quality and maybe even increase it because it's different but both Cedric and Tavares in their own way at two separate times have not only matched the energy of that starter that they had to fill in for but they've taken it to another level they've added a new dynamic and yeah hats off to them and it shows the value of the depth and on that you know not to be a negative nancy but the counter of of that is the midfield where this is all great and i'm loving this 
But if Partey or even Shaka, even with all his limitations, gets injured, I am really worried because they, it just seems right now them and the back line, which I'm not going to spend time praising because they they should be getting praised every day and and since day one. They've been a phenomenal overall, Ramsdale and our center backs. Um, but it just shows you that right now, for whatever reason, Partey and Shaka combo with that team is the only formula and the only kind of available formula we have that can work. So hopefully, not wood, knock on wood, there's nothing that happens to them. But if we do get injured on those, we have great fullback depth. We do not have the midfield depth. And I'm sure it's something obviously we're going to try to address in the summer transfer window. Completely agree. And uh, I think, you know, the summer transfer window and, and windows after that will, will only be, um, you know, will only make us greater if, if we do achieve top four. So wanted to get your thoughts on how you're feeling about top four. We're, we're currently fourth right now, uh, one point above United with, um, you know, multiple games in hand. Um I'm pretty confident. I think Tottenham are actually the only team that uh, are actual competition for top four. Um, but I'd like to get your thoughts on on kind of where you think we are right now and, and you know where where we end up. Yeah, I would say right now the ball's in our court. Um, and because of that, you mentioned it right in the beginning that you know you won't be pissed if if we don't make top four. and I'm with you. Uh, I won't be. I, I wouldn't have been if we weren't in a pole position like this. And and now it's like a little bit where destiny's a little bit in our hands. I understand the three games we have in hand are against as tough as you can imagine, you know, um, minus uh, City. So by no means I'm saying those are gimmies. But now it's like you look and we have even Tots, like we have the same amount of games, but bro, they're, yeah. I mean, they're down six points, so we would really have to butcher up some shit, which is possible, and they would have to not butcher up anything, which is kind of rare. Um, Man U and and West Ham, they're both down with three games. Like, fuck, man, this is it. Like, it's it really some crazy shit has to happen at this point. And by crazy, I mean we shoot ourselves in the foot so bad, and the other teams go on a fucking crazy run. So a lot of shit has to happen for us, I think, based on our position and the games in hand for us to not make it. I want to get your thoughts on this because it's ultimately going to come down to this. You know, Honestly, fuck all the other games. We need to win them. But it, it comes down to those three with Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham, right? I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I, they are important. I do want to see us raise the levels against the top clubs. But the reason why we're in the position that we're in and other clubs, I'm looking at Man United, I'm looking at Tottenham. Recently, we've taken care of business against, you know, the rest of the league, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, relegation fowder, mid-table clubs. They haven't. United just drew to Watford. Tottenham just lost to Burnley. And then we just keep stacking wins. And just keep going, you know, keep going about our business. So those games are very important. I think psychologically they're very important. But I don't think they are going to be the end-all, be-all in the top four race. Yeah. When you look at the schedules, everyone pretty much has to play kind of the same teams. So it'll just come down to what Tottenham shows up, right? Does the Tottenham Mm -hmm. that went to Burnley 
and looked just completely bored and 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 just over playing football show up against uh you know the the relegation fodder and the and the mid table clubs or does the Tottenham that played City and beat City at the Etihad show up in those games? I couldn't tell you. They're the most Jekyll and Hyde team out there. So I really think those games are are supremely important as we as we finish the season. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It, it, when you look back on a season two, um, it ultimately comes down to those results at you know at the Aston Villas and, and Watfords. Um, it really does on on both ends when you're in a relegation battle, top four battle, whatever. So yeah, you're right. I guess the way I'm thinking about it is, I just I, I guess I'm just I guess I'm very just hopeful and and kind of confident maybe too confident that we're right now in a good enough form that we should take care of Leicester and stuff but I mean now I'm looking at even those other mid-table games and it ain't against easy people like Villa is hot right now they're on fire we play them after live Crystal Palace and Brighton is left they're both annoying as hell um, and they're in good form Crystal Palace just won away at Wolves uh, out of nowhere uh, we have Southampton and that's not easy. Leeds is probably the only easy one, but then we have like Toon and Everton to finish out the year. So it's like we're done with all the relegation battle folks. So um, you're right, that, man. That Everton game might end up being really, really important on the last day because they are they're in 17th. That could be a oh, top man. a top four versus a relegation type Please, game, which no. all bets are off. So yeah, I mean, you just. You just you just hit on it, it. It might look it might look easy to the eyes, and you could say win, win, draw, win, but it's it's not going to be that easy. And right? we have Man U to April twenty third. I'm I'm super at this point. I'm super confident against. It's just Man annoying U. Like, still. I, they, I know that they, they don't. They hate their manager. It's a toxic toxic environment to be around. Like I. I know that they can come out and, and play against the best of them, but what I saw today was laughable. They, they just got embarrassed at the Etihad. I, I don't even think yeah. they're even remotely close to top four race at all. You're right. Yeah, they're kind of falling apart. Watch them fucking wake up against us, though, like they always do. Very true. Um, very true. Yeah, annoying. But so, yeah, um, top four, man. We're right there. Do you have... Um, do you have any other thoughts on on the top four finishes and and how the season's going to play out? No, I mean I think this next run of games over uh, the week coming up where we go, uh, I think it's Leicester mm-hmm. on Saturday, Sunday. on Sunday, Sunday, yeah, Sunday, Leicester Sunday, Liverpool Wednesday, and then uh, Villa on Saturday. That is that is a really hard stretch you're gonna we're gonna have to rotate incredibly well you touched on it midfield depth is just not there i'm just wondering if the plan is go all out for lester and then depending on you know what happens in the results uh, over the weekend and where we sit do we go full bore over liverpool do we just kind of trot out a team and and I know, I know Arteta, you know, he'll go for it, which, which is awesome, but there needs to be some type of logic going into that game because then it's a really tight turnaround to play at Aston Villa on the weekend. I think those two games bookended are the ones where you have to say, okay, those have to be wins. 
if we can somehow get a draw at, you know, playing Liverpool, that'd be great. I think seven points would be amazing. Six points is a must in, in my personal opinion. No, I, I, yeah, man, that Liverpool Aston Villa combo, we could have zero out of six points right real quick, real quick. Fuck, man, this end of the season gets so stressful because I could easily seeing it happen, easily see it happen. And he can't, he's not going to rotate, man, because he has to. And that's a conversation that I, I think you should consider. But he, we have a lot of rest in between these games. For We have had it. So I think what Arteta is thinking is you should be fresh as fuck. So I'm, I'm going to ride you to the fucking ground in these last stretch and they might know it. But I think it goes to show you that we have a lot of work to do in the summer because he's not rotating <laughs> and he's not even subbing early, you know, because he's basically saying this is like the best shot I have, but then there's a massive fall off besides Pepe. It's probably the only guy that is, can keep up with the quality of that starting 11 right now. But like if he brings on El Nenny, dude, instead of like Shaka or Partey, like watch the whole team fall apart. Like I swear to God, um or even like when eddie comes in sometimes it's like oh boy like what's you know he adds that what he needs to add to finish off a game but you get what i'm saying yeah yeah i mean the 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 levels after the the starting 11 just aren't there but it just shows the importance of getting top four because then you can go out and get the 100 million dollar striker and then you can go out and get you know the the fifty million dollar midfielder and 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 start to build out the two at each position that City and Liverpool have right now. But I think there is a plan. I think there has been a plan for a couple of years, and we're starting to see progress on that plan. And, and it's just it's awesome to see. Um, I just I couldn't be more excited. Likewise, man. Likewise, these are the weekends that, we, and now it's what been four weekends in a row, so a month, month straight of just happiness, W's. Yep. Ah, it's good, man. Nothing like it. better that way. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This was the Callum Cannon Column Podcast, and we'll see you guys very soon. Peace.